That's right. Good morning, everybody. It's still morning. It's morning somewhere. It's 1047 here in uh, Central Time Zone. Let's get ready to have a good show because... And find out what they are and uh, talk to you all about them today. You know, I, I tweeted last night. What is that? There's gunk and grime all over this thing here. Who comes in and does this? Who does this? What is that? I don't know. Anyway, you don't care. I'm Dan Benjamin, and uh, today is Wednesday, uh, January 13th, 2021. It's true. It's true. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the world. I thought this was going to be a better year. It's, an, it's nonsense. I have given up all hope that 2021 is going to be some kind of saving year. I'm still positive, still optimistic. Because that's the kind of person that I am. But, uh, you know, I asked, uh, I asked last night on Twitter, I said, listen, what do you all like about this show? Uh, what, what do you want more of? Do you want more analysis, thoughts, and just me talking about things that are on my mind? Or do you want guests? Do you want more news? And so I have the results of this. It's, it's not completely... Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. It's not completely uh, done yet. I gave it a, it's a 24-hour poll. A 24-hour poll. Who doesn't want a 24? I want a 24-hour poll. So let me get you the results of this right here, and I'll show them to you. Help me make my morning show better. What should I focus on going forward? 7.8% of you said more news. 7.8%. That's not a lot. 66.7. Now, if it had been 66.6%, I would have shut down the poll and uh, I would have just uh, called it a day. Uh, and then people said more guests, 25%. So, and then a couple comments, I'm guessing from people who don't use like the Twitter client who can't vote. There's a lot of people who can't vote because they use, uh, you know, they use something like TweetBot or, or something else, TweetDeck. Um, but uh, someone named Gray Flannel Lockdown says guests is good no calls from the audience for the love of god no calls <laughs> so What about that? What if I just kick the cables under the desk? <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't it great that it's a cable? Isn't that the, the best thing in the world? <laughs> it's a cable. What's the story here? Hold on. Let's let's let what about that? What if I do that? Then what? Then will it have good audio? This is this is what happened. This thing is burnt out. <laughs> I've been stomping on it for two years. Or 10 years, rather. I got to go plug another one of these things in. This is my mute switch. Okay. So. And then when I lifted, you hear the audio. <laughs> and so you know what happened? Is that my 
foot under the desk gently brushed against this. And that killed the audio. So, not software to blame, but hardware to blame. But that's all right, because all of this other stuff you can't see is being swapped out today. So, I'll get to the bottom of that. But that's what it is. All right. But I'm not starting over. I'm, I'm going. Okay. I don't care. A defiant Trump denounces violence but takes no responsibility for inciting the deadly riot. This was an article from yesterday. Right after we recorded yesterday's show, this came out because I wanted to talk about it on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, they're saying it must have been partially. There was partially muted. Yeah, I know. I You know, you're saying in, in the chat room um, uh, that... Uh, no, it has nothing to do with the soundboard. It's physical equipment under the desk that my foot touch touched. But I have three other ones. So I'm going to have to go it's replace fine. it with those after the show. <laughs> I just won't touch it with my foot in the meantime. A defiant, a defiant President Donald Trump insisted Tuesday his speech inciting the riot at the U.S. Capitol was totally appropriate, while at the same time calling for no violence in his first public remarks to reporters after the insurrection last week. You know, he says, they've analyzed my speech, my words, he said. Everybody to a T thought it was appropriate. Everybody thought it was appropriate. Everybody. Don't worry, niblips. You're not that late. Uh, you're still here. And you're here and we're just getting started. So you're not too late to do it. Okay. A lot of people have been sending me this link again. Because it, it keeps coming out uh, that we're supposed to get information about UFOs. Okay. So here is a link. This one is in the New York Post, but I have some more follow-up links about it cuz you know the New York Post right up there. <laughs> I don't know what happened is happening today. Uh the CIA has released their Black Vault documents early. Remember when I said that we're going to get nothing? We're going to get Where's my you you'll get nothing and like it. Where is that? It's not here. Well, imagine that I've played that. <laughs> Everything is... Okay, hold on. Segway. Break in the show for a second. I really don't like this using the soundboard setup the way that I have it. Um, the software is amazing. It's called Farago, and it's by Rogue Amoeba, and I love Rogue Amoeba, and I love Farago, and I love... Or Farago. I've heard someone else called it Farago yesterday. I'm like, it sounds like you're... You're saying Frago, but uh, Farago, Farago, it's soundboard software. And you put all your sounds in it, and then I have that connected up to the system, and you can hear the sounds. It's great. But I don't like it because when you see me turn my head this way, it means I'm looking at the soundboard, right? And I've got to look over there like this and try and see it out of the corner of my eye so that I can hit something like this. Concern, dude. Right? Where I want it, though, is right here in front of me which means I want it on an iPad, right? So there's some software called Sound Studio, and there's a pro version of it, Sound Studio Pro. And this software has been around for a while. I tried it a while back, and I actually, there's the free version you can use and the pro version you can upgrade to. But the problem is, and I explained this to the guy in an email, I, if you could see this screen, I've got two dozen sounds up here on the screen. And I know where a lot of them are and I can control some of them by the keyboard. Like for example, uh, <laughs> right. For example, uh, that's your name, that one, um, that's right here on the keyboard. Name, just hit Z. Name, See, it's a little behind the scenes stuff and that's fine, but it would be nice if it was right here with an iPad. And the problem with this sound studio, uh, for the iPad or soundboard studio rather is it doesn't have the ability to show more than like eight or nine sounds on the screen at one time i cannot be limited that way i cannot be limited that's like giving me a ferrari and saying yeah but you can't take it out of reverse <laughs> who who works like that you need the sounds gotta be right there right there right there you need them instantly I don't, when I want to, when I want to have, see, I need that, I need that to be right there. 
right there. I don't want to have to go searching for it. I don't have to go scrolling for it. I said, can you, can't you make them smaller? He says, no, you can't make them any smaller, but maybe I'll add that in the future. So right now I've got this system. That's what, and it's what I have to use. Got no choice. <sighs> have I looked at backpacks? Lugor says, boss jock. It used to be called boss jock. I, I tried to find boss jock actually just yesterday and uh, was not able to uh, to find it at all. So is that what it's called? Is that what you're telling me, slug Slugor? That it's called Backpack now? Uh, Elwin is saying, will there be no future action against Trump about this? Well, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because just before I started the show, I noticed that um, the House is currently debating the impeachment. And uh, there's actually uh, a, a link that I can put into the show notes. It just came out eight minutes ago. Uh, it says, here's what it looks like outside the Capitol, right? As they're at the moment, inside of it. faces the prospect of being our country's I, anti-democratic I party. I don't want this garbage to play. Thanks, CNN. <laughs> uh, but so they've got National Guard members all surrounding it. And uh, inside... At 12.15, which is 11.15, my time, uh, 12.15 uh, Eastern time, they're going to start talking about the debate. Right now, they're voting on the rules governing the impeachment. So this could happen. Uh, he could be impeached. But back to what I was saying is about the CIA uh, releasing these documents. If you've looked at these things, they're incredibly redacted. So what I did is I actually found the source uh, of someone who's actually gone through these. It's, it's a website called The Black Vault, which just screams credibility. And uh, this article is the UFOs, the CIA's collection. Well, what these folks have done, and I really do, I do like this site, and I do like what they, they do, uh, you know, to, to, to make this kind of thing available to regular people like me is they have, they're working on a video presentation about it, which is cool, but they basically released this, the CIA released this in CD-ROM format. It's 2,780 pages. And uh, just to quote them, they say, uh, the contents of the original CD-ROM as received is multi-page TIFF files, not searchable with corresponding text files, which are useless. <laughs> The second link is the converted records, wherein the Black Vault converted each TIFF file to PDF and made it searchable. So if you want, you can go to this website, which is in the show notes, and you can download it's three, and I did, it's 342 megabytes of searchable PDF files. But I'll tell you what, they're horrible. Uh, they also make these available uh, as individual files, and I'll, I'll see if I can't show you what one of them looks like. Here you go. This is so useful. Look at this. Isn't this great? This is just one document. <laughs> per the request in reference B, we attempted to attain analytical guidance on the UFO redacted subject. We contacted the doctor redacted to see if he knew of any official UFO program and also to attempt to answer some of the questions posed by redacted. Dr. Redacted <laughs> exhibited interest in redacted, which is hand carried to his office. I mean, it's you're not going to get anything out of this. This is about what we expected, right? No one's surprised about this. This is just, and they, what they do is they put tons and tons of documents in here like this one that has no real information. It doesn't show you anything about anybody there. Everything that's interesting is completely obscured. Uh, and we're not going to get any information out of this. This is what I told you before. They're going to release it, but they're going to say, oh no, we can't actually give you <laughs> They're saying in the chat room. Uh, that it looks like a Mad Libs card, yeah. I, I will admit to you, I have not sat down and gone through these. Uh, it's, you know, not the lightest reading in the world. But listen to some of this. Um, here is <laughs> another another article where everything is redacted on it. Uh, and it says, listen, listen to this stuff that they've put in here. Reference last scent of your TWX. We do not X not want any business with Davidson. If he wishes to contact the agency, he already knows enough names. We do not X not see that any purpose will be served by giving him any more names or addresses. This is just some memo. And there's hundreds of these memos that mean absolutely nothing. We're not going to get any good information 
out of this. But it's going to take places like the Black Vault to spend all of their time trying to search through and gather information about this before we even know how worthless it is. But it's going to be completely worthless. And Jared in the chat says, welcome to Bureaucratic Nightmare. Yep. Andy says, I'm surprised they didn't release it on 4,000 three and a half uh, floppies. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Um, as predicted yesterday by me and probably everybody else, Pence rejected the call to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? He wrote a letter to Pelosi that was released last night where he said, quote, I do not believe such a course of action is in the best interest of our nation or consistent with the Constitution. Last week, I did not yield to pressure to exert beyond my constitutional authority to determine the outcome of the election. He's referring to the uh, electoral votes and his certification of those. And I will not now yield to efforts in the House of Representatives to play political games at a time so serious in the life of our nation. He said uh, that using the 25th Amendment to remove Trump would set a terrible precedent. Instead, he argued that it should only be used in instances where the president is incapacitated or has a disability that prevents him from carrying out the duties of office. My understanding, which is limited, about the 25th Amendment is that that is what it was intended to be for. In other words, a president is incapacitated or has a disability that prevents them from being able to to carry out the duties of the office and that for whatever reason, maybe the president doesn't realize or know this, uh, but it's, it's basically obvious that the president cannot act, not could do things we don't like. That's different. If the president seems to be doing things that, that we don't like, can they use the 25th amendment in Pence's opinion? No, no. The answer is no, according to him. So, no. There. See how nice an iPad. Okay, so I'm going to look up. You, you said this thing is called Boss Jock, or used to be called Boss Jock. They went on to redevelop Boss Jock under a new name, now called Backpack Studio. Well, let's look that up. Backpack Studio. Backpack Studio, formerly Boss Jock. Look at that. Create professional sounding podcasts and radio. From anywhere. Leave your equipment at home. Backpack Studio records, mixes, and masters your podcast or radio show in real time. Entirely from your iPhone or iPad. Uh, I'll have to check it out. I don't I I gotta say I don't like the look of this. If that's what it looks like. And it looks like like circles and all right, I'll try it. Guys, I'll try it. Okay? I'll try it. I'll try it for you. Uh so we'll see. Okay. Oh, another thing. I I do. I do. I've told you guys about this. I do voice work. I do like announcements and narrations and intros and video narrations and commercials and things like that. And I actually put it up on Fiverr and I've been getting a lot of (laughs) work from Fiverr. It's very, very low uh, paying work, but I did it because I wanted to test it and I wanted to see if I just put it out there like it's sort of my Bachman books, you know, like would people come and, and do it? And I, every day I get a new project every day and it basically is paying for my lunch now. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I'm working on a website. Uh, actually, I've built the website for this work. I just don't know a good domain name for it. So if in the chat room, the first person to, uh, to, to come up with a good name for it, I will send you. One of these amazing stickers because I don't have any mugs yet. Maybe I'll send you a mug, but I haven't had them made yet. Uh, I want to make these mugs with my little face on them uh, because I think they would be hilarious as almost like gag gifts to give out. But then somebody said that they would pay for them. <laughs> somebody said they would buy a mug with uh, with my little uh, uh, avatar on it. But I have to buy like 100 of them. <laughs> And then they're not cheap. That'd be like a $500 investment (laughs) or more. I don't know. It's probably more than that. All right. Um, This is interesting. I saw this. Uh, Google is pausing all political ads following the Capitol siege. Uh, It says uh, Google informed its advertising partners Wednesday that beginning January 14th, its platforms will block all political ads as well as any related to the Capitol insurrection. Now, technically, was that an insurrection? We'll talk about that another time. Um, Following the unprecedented events of the past week and ahead of upcoming presidential inauguration, according to email obtained 
by Axios. Uh, why it matters. This is Axios's little summary section. Political ad bans are designed to curb confusion and misinformation surrounding highly sensitive events. Google says a limited version of its sensitive event policies went into effect after the violent events of the Capitol on January 6th. So, shots fired. Advertisers will not be able to run any political ad or ads referencing candidates, the election, its outcome, the upcoming presidential inauguration, the ongoing presidential impeachment process, violence at the U.S. Capitol, or future planned protests on these topics, according to the email. Is this censorship? Should they be able to run these things? I say I say no. People forget that they can pick and choose who gets to advertise on their service. It shouldn't just be an open, uh, an open thing. Anyone can do anything. But I also wonder, how does this affect, again, I talk about freedom of speech and, and, and censorship. Is it, should it, should I be allowed to say something that is not true as if it were true? Remember my thing yesterday, I'm enjoying this nice, tasty beverage. It's, uh, it's Pepsi and it tastes really good. Pepsi, but it's not. Now, I've said something that wasn't true. But what if I told what if I said that this 365 lime sparkling water tastes exactly like Pepsi? No, it doesn't, but what if I said that to you? It's a little thought experiment. Bear with me. And I said, all y'all should go out and buy this, because it tastes just like Pepsi. And you guys go out and you buy it and you drink it and you say, This tastes nothing like Pepsi. What's wrong with you? I've caught up. Did I, did I make you go out and spend that money? Did I make you do that? Well, in a way you could say that I did because you listened to me. You believed me. I'm influential at least over what beverage you purchased. So there was some kind of influence there. So if I said something that wasn't true, should the places that host this video or podcast be obligated to tell you, well, it might not be true. You should actually click here and read the real story. I don't know. What is the role? It's just something for you to think about because I don't have the answer to this. I don't know. I don't know. Should it be the responsibility of the company hosting this video to tell you that what I just said about 365 Lime is not true? Is it their responsibility or is it your responsibility to research it, to look into it, to ask, to go to another source? And that's the question. I don't know. I don't. My personal feeling is I don't feel like I need to be protected from potential falsehoods out there. I believe that I can find out things for myself. I might look up reviews of this before I go and buy it and say, oh, no one else is saying it tastes like Pepsi. Maybe that Dan guy is crazy. Well, what about if you come to me? as a trusted source of your news. And now I'm saying something that's not true. You trust me. I'm a source of news to you. And you've come to me expecting the truth. And I say something mixed in with other things that are true, like this article about Google. And then I say something maybe that's not true or that might not be true. Now, how are you supposed to tell? How are you supposed to know that? The answer is that there isn't an easy way. But is it the responsibility of YouTube or Periscope or Fireside to police that and to try and tell you that it is correct when it isn't or vice versa? I don't know. Now, Bill is saying that my 365 Lime example is an opinion. Um, you know... And, and Dominic is saying the legal loophole tends to be in my opinion. But if I'm reporting it as fact and not opinion, and I agree that this was a poor example, but if I'm reporting it as a fact and not an opinion, like, for example, if I were to tell you, I'll pick one of my favorites, UFOs are real. UFOs are real. If I say that, now, just because I've said that, I might, this video might get flagged, uh, but I'm using that as an example. Uh, but if I say that, you might find on, on YouTube underneath this video now, a little Wikipedia entry shows up that says, find out the truth about UFOs, etc. 
but if I were to tell you, for example, if, if I were to tell you that I believe UFOs are real and that I said they're real, there will probably be a little link under there with a Wikipedia article saying UFOs aren't real. It's, is that is that right? I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm saying just, just think about it, okay? Mm, peanut butter. All right. Let's let's. Oh, and I'm supposed to tell you. Uh, if you go to meh.com/dan, that affiliate URL will give me. I get a tiny little little piece. I wet my beak a little, just a little taste of the stuff that they're selling on Meh every day. So if you're already going to meh.com every day to see what cool stuff they have, and they have a lot of cool stuff there, just go to meh.com slash Dan. That's, that's it. And I'll get like a, a couple cents, I think. But try it. Because here's the thing. Look what they have today. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, it's between $22 and $30. I go here every morning. I just look at Meh to see what they've got. Uh, this is called... Um, uh, a uh, iHome wireless charging lamp. A wireless charging lamp. What we have here are a selection of iHome lamps with built-in charging pads. The styles range from simple and subdued to more modern. And really, that's all there is to it. So these are these different lamps. So look at these different pictures of... Oh, i got to hold the mouse over this. So look at this. It's a lamp. And it's got... Look at this. You can see the, you can see the USB-C and three regular USB ports. And this is this kind of glowing color LED lamp. Right, and and the charging pad on there. Look, isn't that cool? Oh, look, this could be you. Waking up to this glowing light. I may actually have to buy one of these. I like this, but look, it's got charging right there for your phone. You put your phone on there, and you can plug in your devices to it and have it right there, right by your. Uh, by, look at all, look at this. Look at they're all jacked in everything. They've got their iPad going. They got two phones. They got cables. They got the lamp cooking. And this one looks like a regular lamp with a fabric cover. So people are going to walk in and say, oh, you just got a dimmable lamp. And you're like, uh-uh-uh. Still need that sound bite. Uh-uh-uh. Look, look at her. Look at her chilling out. She's like, I don't care about COVID. I'm going to sit here and watch Netflix next to my lamp while my phone charges. Go check it out. So you can go and buy this thing right now. I am going to buy one of these, I think. So anyway, go to meh.com slash Dan every morning when you go to meh, and I'll get a little bit of Thanks very much. I'm sure in the miserable annals of the earth, you will be duly enshrined. Seven percent, isn't that horrible? Did you know? That? Did you know that thirty-seven percent increase? Thirty-seven percent increase. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I'm. So, it'll get fixed after the show, I promise. But so what happens is this: I adjust myself in this. <laughs> I adjust the seat, and I my just cable. Bad, they go bad. Anyway, this is all. This is all gonna be better tomorrow. I promise. All right. Uh, so Chick Fil A regained its 2019 ranking. Apparently, they were at the top of this in 2019. Uh, basically, McDonald's moved up one spot to second place, and uh, Starbucks moved to third. Okay. How about now? Is it staying? You know what I'm going to do? Hold on. It's like that scene in um, uh, at the end of uh, Back to the Future where he's, you know, trying to connect the two wires right before the lightning strikes, just in the nick of time. So... <laughs> Bye-bye. <clears throat> Let's talk about fast food. So in case you didn't hear me, it's increased by 37%. That You people are eating horribly. 
You people are eating horribly. What are you eating all this fast food for? It says, uh, despite daily consumption increases, the fast food industry has been severely affected by stay-at-home orders and initial closings. However, consumers have been uh, have been severely affected by stay-at-home orders and initial closings. However, consumers have been more emotionally connected to fast food brands during the pandemic, says Mario Natarelli. Uh, managing partner of MBLM. As we return to normal life, fast food brands should find a way to reference what we've all been through together and how they have reliably comforted us through the crisis. So uh, here is the top 10 brand intimacy food brands. Number one, do you, do you like how this grows a little and biggins itself a little bit uh, when you mouse over it? Uh, so Chick-fil-A is at the top, followed by uh, McDonald's, uh, and then Starbucks, KFC, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, and then um, Domino's, Pizza, Pizza Hut, Subway, Taco Bell, Wendy's, number 10. Uh, you know, but why, why Chick-fil-A? What is it about Chick-fil-A that's so interesting? I don't know. Uh, where do you like to eat? Do you eat this fast food? Are you guys? Okay, wait, What? Says the guy, I, Jared, I was just talking about how amazing the, the Burger King logo is. I don't I worked at Burger King. Did you know that? My first job was at Burger King. So I was 12 years old living in Florida and uh, I wanted to have a job because I wanted things. We were, we were poor and we couldn't afford anything and I wanted something. You know what I wanted? I wanted a, some video games. And the only way for me to get it was if I worked myself. So... I found out that uh, the legal age to work was 14. But if your parents sign off on it, you can start work at age 13. So I turned 13 and that weekend started working my first shift at Burger King. And um, your first job back in those days in the uh, 1900s uh, was you start out putting the burgers into the fryer. Now, when they talk, or flame broiler, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, not fryer, flame broiler, because Burger King is flame broiled, just like they say. You ever seen the commercial where it shows the little burger patty going, moving like this, and there's like flames? That's real. That's not BS. That's actually how they make the burgers. They've got a big uh, flame broiler. It's about, well, I'll show you. It's about this wide. It's actually about this wide. And it's got two conveyor belts inside of it. The one on top is for the burgers. The one on the bottom is for the buns. And I'm not sure if it's still like this, but I imagine it would be because it was it was good back then and it seemed to work. We should work now. And they had a cooler that's about waist high um, that sort of slides forward and back underneath the, the tray that comes out where you put the buns. And inside of this cooler are the frozen patties. And then back behind you on the wall... There would be a, a very tall stack of all the buns, and it was your job to get new stuff out of the cooler when you ran low, and new buns to stack up if you ran low, and those would be back in like the cooler and storage room, whatever. And so, at back in this day, in the old days, bare hands, bare hands, no gloves or anything like that, you would reach down into the cooler, and there would be the patties of burgers. And of course, if you take a stack of burgers this tall, and they're all frozen, they're stuck together, right? They're not. You can't get them apart. They're stuck. They're stuck together. You would have to take your bare hands, 13-year-old little Dan, bare hands trying to pry these things apart, smashing them inside of there, and you didn't want them to break because if one broke in half, like they could potentially dock that out of your pay in those days. So you would have to break these things apart, and then you'd put the, bu the burgers on the top part of the conveyor belt, and then you'd go behind you, and you'd grab the buns out, and you'd put the buns opened up on the bottom conveyor. And so the bottom conveyor kind of took the buns under the frame, flame frame broiler and would kind of just gently toast the top of them. And then the meanwhile, the patties are going through on top, getting cooked on top. And then at the end, there was this like tray that they would just sort of blah, like flop out onto. And then you had tongs. And then you would take the bun and put the burger patty onto the bun, close up the bun and put it down into these. They had these little steamer trays with little lids on them that so you could kind of try to get ahead of the lunch rush. So you might have a burger being kept fresh and warm by the steamer for just a few minutes. It was never, never more than a few minutes. Um, 
And so this was my job. And so on the one hand, you're standing behind a flame broiler and it's like 95, 100 degrees behind this thing. But you're putting your hands into something that's like frozen temperatures. And then you're running around to the other side, kind of getting a little bit burned as you use the tongs to pull the patties out and put them onto the uh, and make, make the sandwiches for them. And then the next guy would be the one who was actually preparing the burgers because this was the big selling point of Burger King was that you could get the burger the way you wanted it. You could say, oh, I want this on it, but none of this, no onions, but extra lettuce and more ketchup and no mayo. And so then the person standing at the next station would grab the burger out of the steamer and uh, and dress it the way you wanted it, wrap it up and put it in a little thing and it would take it down and then the person would grab it and you'd be on your way. And the fries were over there. And fries was like the you, when you got promoted, you would be promoted to doing fries. That was the that was like the next level of training that uh, that I never made it to. I was not I was not good enough to do the fries. So anyway, this is basically the concept of Burger King, and you had to get your own little uniform, which is like a shirt and these brown pants, and uh, and so it was a, a really good um, good first job experience because it was so bad that. Any job I've ever had since has been better because I had like the worst job at Burger King. I also had to sweep. I had to mop. I had to clean the bathrooms and I had to take the trash out. And so that was my job at Burger King and the hours sucked and I wasn't given any breaks. And I remember it used to get so hot behind this freaking broiler. Oh, hold on. I've got one. It's burning more. It's getting worse. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Ah. Yes. Um, Oh, and I, I have one. Where he just says, oh, it's hot. But where is that? I can't find it now. That's the one in the intro. So I snuck a cup of water, snuck a cup of water, and I would put it in this one little part you couldn't really see right beside the broiler because I would be sweating bullets in here. And I I would just take a little sip of this little cup of water and hide it. And I would fill it up with ice and like all the way up to the top with ice and then just a little bit of water and after about five minutes, it would be completely melted, but I didn't care. It was water. And then the manager saw me doing it. He's like, uh, you can't have any beverages, uh, back here. I'm like, but I'm dying back here. He's like, I'm sorry. You, you can't have any beverages. Uh, you can't have any beverages. I'm sorry. Uh, you just can't no beverages. So Chris says all kids should be wor- uh, forced to work in, uh, in fast food. Now here's the thing. I will say this. It was always very clean. It was very organized. The food was delicious. And it was actually like they were really giving you what they said they were giving you. You were getting a flame broiled burger and it was fresh and it was good. And uh, and although working there was really hard, I, I never had anything bad to say about Burger King. All of the like rumors of what people would do, n- never saw any of that, at least the one that I worked at. People were honest and hardworking, and the job just was really hard. But it gave me a really good work ethic, and every job I've had since has felt super, super cushy. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I do like the Burger King logo and I do want the the shirts and stuff, but I wouldn't say that Chick-fil-A is anything to me. Chick-fil-A. Are you, are people like brand loyal for things because of the brand? Like I hear this all the time that people are brand loyal. Like today I'm wearing a a Casio G-Shock watch. I I need to get my little camera thing set up so I can show it to you better. Uh, but I dig this watch and, uh, would you say that I'm brand loyal to Casio and to G-Shock? If I was going to buy a digital watch, they would be my go-to watch. They would be the ones I would start with. But if another company made a watch that was better than a Casio, better than a Casio G-Shock, I'm not talking about watches in general. You guys know I'm like a Rolex nerd. I've got a Rolex. But talking about digital watches, like if would I buy a Timex watch that was digital instead of a Casio? Sure. If it was good, if it was better, why wouldn't I buy it? But am I loyal to Casio? Loyal would mean to me, loyal would mean I'm going to stick with Casio, even if there's something else that's better. And I don't recommend anyone do that. That seems crazy, but Casio is the best by the way. So when I'm loyal, I'm loyal to the best. How about that? Whoever's going to make the best, I'm loyal to them. Oh, uh, this is a neat article I found just before the show started. Um, Turtle Beach, uh, who makes headsets has acquired neat microphones 
Turtle Beach does a lot in the gaming space. I know this because my son is into this kind of stuff. I actually have these microphones. Uh, and you know what's funny is you see these lights behind me? Uh, these lights behind me are sitting on boxes to, to raise them to the right level. The boxes are, are the boxes that I got these neat microphones in when I got them. So these neat microphones, and actually these two that are shown right here are the two that I have, and those are the boxes that are holding up the lights in the background. Anyway, Turtle Beach has bought it. They don't... Um, neat was started by the original founders of uh, the uh, Yeti. Um, and, uh, and so these are pretty good microphones. Uh, they're, not all of them are B-themed, meaning that they don't all look like this. You know, if, if they weren't in boxes, I would get them out and show you right now. Uh, I think I'm supposed to do a review on them. But uh, that's kind of cool, and I wonder what's going to happen. But, yeah, look at this. The Verge did a whole thing talking about, like, the best beginner podcast mic. And I'll tell you what, don't get any of these for your beginner podcast mic. Don't get any of them. Get the Samson Q2U. That is what I want you to get, the Samson Q2U. It's like 70 or 80 bucks. It's got XLR and USB inputs, which means you can plug it right into your computer without any drivers. It just works. You plug your headphones into it so you can monitor yourself. It becomes the sound output device for whoever you're talking to. It's perfect for Zoom. It's perfect for podcasting. It's a dynamic mic, so it automatically rejects all of the background noise. None of these are the mics you should get. Wrong. You're wrong, wrong, wrong. So what? You are. That is incorrect. That's right. It's not his fault. Okay. And uh, you know what? It's time to talk about weed. Uh, top Texas lawmakers are saying that a medical marijuana expansion is on the table for 2021. Uh, I've known about this, of course, and anyone who follows this kind of issue, get out of there, uh, knows the truth. And the truth is that uh, it is about time to legalize this everywhere. Now, I'm not one of those people who says uh, weed should be legal no matter what for all adults. I am perfectly okay uh, saying that it should be people start off with medical. I think that's the right way to do it in most states, especially a state like Texas, where people are very uptight about this kind of thing. You can go to your drive through alcohol liquor store. You can go drive through and get your liquor, right? That's fine. You can buy as much of that as you want. We know that alcohol uh, uh, causes uh, uh, addiction. We know it's addictive. We know that it's harmful to people. And we know that if you drink enough of it in one sitting, you'll die. So let me, let me just review this again. Alcohol is poisonous. And if you drink enough of it, you will die. And if you drink a little bit of it all the time, you will die. These are facts. This is proven, right? If I got three or four bottles of uh, vodka and drank them, I would die. It probably wouldn't take me more than maybe one or two of them to kill me. I could go right now and buy those two and sit them here and start drinking them. And I could drink them in front of you right now, right here, and die. Okay? But that's legal. It was not legal to kill yourself, I guess. Is it illegal to kill yourself? I don't know. But it's legal for me to go and buy that. And, and we know what alcohol does to the liver. We know what it does to your overall uh, your system. We know that it, it's harmful to your brain. But that's fine. But marijuana or cannabis, marijuana is a made up word. Did you know that marijuana was an invented word to make it sound scary? This is true. Google it. Anyway, Texas lawmakers are returning to work for a new session. The new session starts this week. Leaders of both chambers of the state's legislature said that they expect to see action on marijuana bills this year, particularly when it comes to expanding the state's limited medical cannabis program. Uh, but both top legislators noted that the sweeping reform in the form of recreational legal legalization is unlikely, in part due to skepticism in the Senate. So the last time that these bills came up here in Texas, uh, the House voted uh, yes and the Senate said, we ain't even going to hear it. Don't even send this bill to the Senate. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to review it. We don't care about it. Medical, recreational, decriminalization, 
No, we're not hearing any of it. And that's because the people here in the Senate in Texas are completely out of touch and ignorant about the tremendous benefits that cannabis can have for so many people who need it for medical reasons. I'm not talking about people who just want to get high because they feel will want to feel good. I'm talking about people who have chronic pain. There is so much proof and evidence that uh, cannabis positively helps people get off of so many uh, very addictive painkillers. It helps them wean themselves off of this it, with very few to no side effects, with no addiction. I mean, it is so beneficial just for that. It's beneficial for people who have depression and anxiety, uh, PTSD, epilepsy. There are so many benefits. They're just starting to find out all of these benefits as it's legal in more places and more, more places can start doing studies about it. It is amazing the benefits that this stupid plant that you could grow in a pot or in your backyard could, could help you with. It, I'm, I don't care about the legalization for recreation. There are so many benefits from this medically. It's absolutely idiotic that it is. Now, you want to talk? I'm, I am all for full legalization, I will say that, uh, because I believe that people should have the right to do the things that they want to do in the privacy of their own home if it is not harmful to other people. Okay, but. Here's another quote. Last section, we had several bills that dealt with marijuana, whether it's decriminalization of small amounts, full out legalization of marijuana or marijuana for health related issues, said House Speaker Dade, Dade Phelan. That's your name, dude. I think the House will look at those again and review those again, and some will get traction, some will not. Phelan, who was officially elected to the top House office on Tuesday, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who presides over the state Senate, he's the one that shut it down last time, both gave wide-ranging interviews to KTRK-TV about the agenda for the legislature, which convenes in Texas only once every two years. Um, Asked if far-reaching marijuana legislation has a shot of passing his chamber in 2021, Patrick replied simply that it didn't last time referring to his efforts to kill cannabis bills in the past. Now, he did signal that he's open to some medical-related changes. We need to get this guy out of there. There are people who would benefit so much from medical cannabis legislation being passed. This guy is such a jerk about it, I have to say. He is being obtuse about it and it's based on his feelings and his opinions not scientific fact not data not patient testimony it's his opinion and his feeling it's just an opinion same way that i think this tastes exactly like root beer it tastes just like root beer it's my opinion i'm wrong and he's wrong what's going on in this chat Oh, look at this. We got some people uh, who have some opinions here. Uh, yes, <laughs> Chris says suicide gets the death penalty. Uh, David says they're too old. They are too old. Slugor says, where does the fear come from in the U.S.? What drives it? You know, there is a documentary on this. I forgot the name of it, but I'll look it up for you that explains the history of how it came about. And it's a racist thing. Current marijuana being illegal is racist. There is only one way to look at this. It's racist. Google it. It is racist. And it's also racist policymaking here because most of the people who get arrested for marijuana possession and things like that are people of color. Overwhelmingly people of color. It's racist to begin with. And it's racist in its enforcement. And there is no denying it. And people who want to keep this legislation in place by supporting it are themselves racist. Google this, friends. Google it. Uh, <laughs> Chris says Dan's asking why fast food is up. Well, there you go. I guess it's my answer. Um, yeah, uh, Jared is pointing out that the cotton industry, among others. Why? Because they don't want hemp. Uh, Dan Patrick is no friend of Texas. You might be right. That's David saying that. Um, is hemp still illegal? No, hemp is legal here. Hemp is legal here. Uh, Chris says, the reality is that if you blow open marijuana, it's going to be taken over by Marlboro & Co. You know what? 
so what? I mean, it's not good, but it, it there would still be competition, just like there's competition to, to Marlboro right now, American Spirits, and you can actually just go and buy tobacco and roll your own. Another thing that we know is bad for us that we can do. Is there anybody alive right now who thinks that smoking tobacco isn't harmful? Let me say that another way. Does anybody think that smoking tobacco is good for you or doesn't have harmful side effects? Is there anybody out there who thinks that? I don't think so. There are people who might say, I don't care. Or there are people who might say, well, I'm addicted, so there's not much I can do. I can't break the addiction. Fine. But I can go right now to the gas station around the corner and buy a carton of cigarettes and start smoking them and give myself lung disease of some kind. I could give myself a variety of problems just by doing that. But that's legal. That's legal. Anyway, what do I think about this? Well, here's another quote. Um, and this is a quote that is, uh, I believe, also Dan Patrick. We're always listening on health, the health issues, but we're not going to turn this into California, he said, where anybody can get a slip from the doctor and go down to some retail store and say, you know, I got a headache today, so I need marijuana because that's just a veil for legalizing it for recreational use. Now, wait a minute. What's so bad about that? You're saying that if weed could help me with a headache that I had, that I shouldn't be able to go to a store. And buy something that would help me with a headache that is not addictive, has very few to no side effects, no health problems with it. But I can't do that if I have a headache. Well, I'm glad, Dan Patrick, I'm really glad that you're making it so that I can't do that if I want to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you have lower back problems? You have chronic pain? No, Go and take these painkillers that big pharmaceutical companies have manufactured. Go get those and get addicted to those and become dependent on those. And then when you can't get your prescription refilled and you can't buy them from your friends, switch to heroin because that's what happens. That's why you get housewives addicted to heroin and people who got hurt on the job addicted to heroin. That's why. And then they're going and buying heroin. How do you like that? Because they can't get their weed because it's not legal. Thanks, Dan Patrick. All right, I better stop now. I've said too much as it is. That's all I've got for you today. I'll be back tomorrow trying to get here a little bit earlier in the day. I know you want me to be here earlier in the day. It is a morning show after all. All right, how do you support me? Like and subscribe. It's a great way to help support the channel. I notice when I look at the stats that most of you visiting are not watching on YouTube and you're not liking and you're not subscribing, but it's the only way to help me grow this channel. But if you do like the work that I do, and I hope that you do, go to patreon.com slash Benjamin. That's me. I feel like the work that I do for you is worth $5 a month, but you might not think so. You might think it's only worth a dollar. Whatever you want to give me is fine. I'll take it. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you tuning in. Again, I'm Dan Benjamin. You can find me at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and pretty much everywhere else, Periscope and the rest of the world. That's all I've got for you today. I hope that you have a really good one, and I'll be back tomorrow.